This is Linnea. And this is Lucy. And you're listening to The First Impressionist. Welcome! Uh, so this is our first show, which is crazy. I'm excited, but I'm also nervous, Linnea. <laughs> this is a lifelong dream of having a podcast, a radio show. Yeah, I don't know if it's a lifelong dream for me. I was just like, well, why not? But... Uh, I do love art, so I'm very excited to do this, and I do like podcasts, so. Yeah, who doesn't? Yes, yes, and radio. Very exciting. Okay, yes. well, before we get started talking about art, mm -hmm. um, Lucy, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? Uh, where am I not from, Linnea? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so I was originally born in Utah, but I grew up mostly in Alaska. When I was in elementary school, we moved to Kodiak, and then I moved to Kenai in middle school, and then I came up to Fairbanks for college. Awesome. What did you study? English. Um, not art, surprisingly. I just love art, but I think they're pretty related. They're very related. Yeah. 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 Literature is art, right? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. What about you? Where are you from? From Eagle River. Okay. Um... I pretty oh I was born in Portland Oregon which is why I'm so hip and cool obviously <laughs> but um I grew up in Eagle River basically my whole life and then moved up here for college uh almost two years ago so okay. Okay. and I'm studying criminal justice and um social work so All good right. stuff not quite as closely related to art although the justice department here does put on art shows Yes. Do they? Yes, do they do. They? They're pretty awesome. Okay. There's some like really impressive art there. Okay. It's super cool. Yeah. Um, also, briefly, the story of how we became friends. We bought ice cream. Yes. And ate it in the dorms. Yep. Yep. Downstairs out of a bunch of mugs. I don't remember whose dorm the mugs came from, but someone went and retrieved a lot of mugs yeah. and we, we ate some ice cream. So that yeah. was pretty fun. Um, I also didn't know that you liked me at all, but you just <laughs> decided to be my friend, and I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, the next year was so great. Yeah. Yeah. I loved coming to your house, talking about God, mm -hmm. seeing you every morning. Yeah. It was just an awesome yeah. time. It was great. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. And now we get to talk about art, yes. which is super Here exciting. Here we are, <laughs> still talking, still hanging out. Yes. And about something that we both love. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, Lucy, when did you start loving art? Let's go back in time. See, this is a really difficult question for me. I don't mm. know if I could pinpoint an exact moment where I started loving art. Mm -hmm. I think art has just always been around since I was a little kid. Um, we have this one print of a Monet painting called Palazzo da Mula that has just always been on the wall and I remember seeing it when I was a little kid it's in so mm. many old family photos of mine we had other art too my dad loves art mm. but my mom especially loves art um, so we always had it around and so I think I was always just sort of aware of it uh, my parents always encouraged me to be creative. My mom loved to write. 
Uh, my dad really appreciated fine arts and theater and music and all of those sort of things. And so I think growing up, I, I almost feel like I took it for granted a little bit mm -hmm. that that was just part of my life. And then I think as I got older, I started to realize, oh, well, not everyone loves this. This isn't something that people just experience growing up yeah. all the time. Um, and so I think I started to really study and appreciate art, um, look up different artists, figure out what styles I liked and what styles I didn't like, probably in high school. And ever since then, it's become just something that I really love to mm -hmm. research and to investigate and to think about. Um, but yeah, yeah, what about you? Um, yeah, I think for me it's very similar. Like both my parents loved art, um, which is really cool. Like my mom and dad are really different, but the one thing that they like both would just geek out about was art. And, uh, it was just kind of awesome to see. Like my dad, who's usually very like, not serious, but like, he's not a super passionate sort of man, yeah. except for when it comes to pickleball. But he <laughs> like would just, I don't know, talk about paintings that he really liked. And my mom was the same way. And um, yeah, they had a lot of art in the house. My favorite story is my mom has this like Kandinsky print that she loves. And she, like, yeah, loved having the Kandinsky print. It's like, <laughs> oh, I have, like, lovely art in my house. And then one day, it was there, like, since I can remember. One day I was going through a book of Kandinsky paintings, and I realized that it had, it had been upside down the <laughs> entire time that we've had it. So, um, yes, but my parents had, my mom had these, like, art books. They were called the Sister Wendy Beckett books. And... They're written by this nun who became like an art historian and she, um, it just has like the history of Western art. And my brother and I, our favorite game was to look through the art books and find a painting that we thought was like the way the figures were was like kind of funny. And then we would like act it out. <laughs> and then my mom would have to guess which paintings were acting out. And I think we would always like try to imagine what the characters were like talking about in the painting. So... That was like our favorite thing to do together. Um, and then we, yeah, my parents like always, they gave us a lot of opportunities to like see really great art. Um, whenever we would travel, like that was super important to them. So we would go see art all the time. And um, like, I think it's, like one really important thing for me as I've gotten older is like that I've been able to see some really amazing art like mm -hmm. in person yeah and just like I don't know it shows you so much about like what human beings can do and um like shows you so much about history and about the way like I don't know our world has developed like art tells such a story about how we felt about the world from like the beginning yeah when like everything was like kind of weird and there's like all these weird <laughs> goblins and weird creatures to like today where everything's just like very abstracted and um right like undefined and stuff so i don't mm -hmm. know 
Yeah. That's well, kind of... I, I guess that leads into our major topic for today is why do we love art? Mm. What, what brings us back to art? What interests us about it? Why mm-hmm. is it important? Um, yeah. And why are we doing this show about it? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think that's, that's a good start. Um, yeah. I don't know. This is a it's such a big question. question. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, there there's so much to art, and art itself is so broad. Yeah. I mean, this show, I think, what we'll mostly be talking about is visual art mm-hmm. because there's so much out there that can be classified yeah, as art. True. I mean, like I mentioned earlier, literature is art. That's something that I studied and I love very yeah. much, but yeah. there's just so there's much to much. talk about. Yeah. <laughs> there's no way we could uh, possibly get to everything or even close mm-hmm. to the things that we wanted to talk about if we didn't narrow it down at all. Um, so visual art. Um, why, why art, Linnea? I don't, okay, yeah, I think, first of all, the thing about visual art, like, compared to all the different kinds of art, because you're right, there's so many different kinds. I think, in some ways, visual art can be the least accessible. I think visual art and literature, because literature, you have to understand, both of those, it's like you have to understand so much of the context. Right. And you have to um, understand, like, the mechanism a little bit more, mm-hmm. whereas things like um, music... It's so easy for us to experience the emotion that the artist is trying to portray. Right. Um, even if we don't really understand like the context or why this particular yeah. song yeah. or artist is important. You don't need to understand music theory to feel something yeah, when exactly. you listen to music. Yeah, exactly. Which can be true of visual art. Yes, but definitely. But less often, I yeah. think. Yeah, I think so. And um, even like, I don't know, I just think a lot of the other arts were more connected to like... Mm-hmm. I don't know dance or um i was even thinking about like culinary arts obviously we're very right. connected to that <laughs> like we like experience those they're much more experiential in some ways yeah. so i think visual art it can be really misunderstood i think a lot of people don't like it and find it very pretentious yes classical art or modern art um because in some ways it is harder to it's more inaccessible Yes. Um, yes. And it's... Or at least it's made to be that way. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. True. And I think, like, maybe it's because culturally, like, we give ourselves less permission to just, I don't know, like, interpret it how we how we see it. Right. Because we're afraid that we'll, like, get something wrong. And the ways that we yeah. talk about visual art is often so, like, intellectual or... I don't know, weird, and people, like, people's experience of fine art, I think, oftentimes is seeing, like, oh, this painting that looks to me like a bunch of lines and colors that my child could have done sold for millions of dollars, and, like, when that's your experience of art, it feels very, right, just, like, what is this? Right, and I think sometimes there's even this sort of, like, gatekeeping that that goes on, like, if you don't know the right terminology or you don't know the background Mm -hmm. of art pieces um it can be really intimidating yeah um even just not knowing that language is intimidating if you're 
I don't know, watching a video about art or going to a museum mm. instead of just allowing yourself to experience it and to think about it and to form your own opinions, whether yes. they're informed or uninformed. Exactly. And the other thing too is like with music or with book or like literature, you have access to those things. Like you can listen to any song, right? Like composed by somebody even a long time ago. You can listen to like a, mo a modern recording of it. Right. You can check out a book from a library, but w I mean, we can look at art on the internet. But in a lot of ways, like we're really separated from fine art. Yeah. There's other yeah. like I don't know parts of the world where you just like walk into a church and you see like a famous piece of art right but we definitely don't <laughs> live in that kind no. of a place especially not in Fairbanks and there is art to see in Fairbanks but it's not Rembrandt and Van Gogh and all of these incredibly famous artists right. that you hear yeah. so much about you have to go to Europe or New York City yeah. or these these faraway places to see it and and experience it in person which is different than looking at it on your phone or even yeah definitely in a good book with good prints of art it's still different to see it in person yeah, yeah. so yeah i think so it just creates a like another layer of separation between us and like this art yeah form. yeah so i don't know where was i going with that why art why yeah why do we love art <laughs> well visual art specifically yeah i think with all those challenges um, it's like, I don't know, sometimes for me, it's like learning a language. Um, it's like you start to learn all these things and suddenly like things sort of come together and you're able to see things in a new way. I think that's part of it. Right. Is it, it does take a little bit more to understand what you're seeing when you're looking at art than it does maybe when you're listening to a song. But because of that, like learning all these different, I don't know, pieces of the puzzle, like once you kind of see them come together and you understand like, why is this painting important? Um, I don't know, it's like a really cool feeling. And, and it just like, it's like your eyes get opened a little bit and yeah. you see in like a new way. I think that's what it is, is you, it's like you see something and then you get to see it with new eyes as you like learn more about it and what it means and what the significance is. Yeah. So I think that's why I really love visual art. Yeah. It like, it is such a cool window into human history. Um, and also like human emotion. Mm -hmm. And I really find for me, art is like a window into talking about faith and talking about God and things that are, bigger than our lives um, yeah. in a way that sometimes things like music can capture, but I don't know, something about like a really amazing painting that is like te lasted in time and just shows a unique perspective on something. Like it really has a powerful way of kind of, I don't know, like yeah. expressing something about yeah. life. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's why I love art. Yeah. Well, I think that's a pretty good reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. yeah. Oh, man. There's there's so much I want to say here, but I think what it really comes down to is it's just so incredible to me that someone can look at a piece of our world 
and they can figure out how to translate that idea from their mind mm -hmm. into a visual form to share with other people. I think that is so incredible. I think it's incredible that someone can capture their perspective and their idea of something and share that in a way that other people can understand without a single word or mm. maybe sometimes there's words involved but for the most part it's it's purely seeing an image and understanding this is what the artist was thinking and the skill and the vision and the passion mm -hmm. it takes to bring that thought from your mind onto a canvas or a page or an iPad is so incredible mm -hmm. to me. Um, and actually, I have been reading this book called Braving the Wilderness by Brene Brown. Um, it's an excellent book if you want to check it out. Uh, it's about finding true belonging. So it seems kind of off topic, but uh, I found this wonderful quote in it about art that I wanted to share real quick. Um, in the book, it says, art has the power to render sorrow beautiful, make loneliness a shared experience and transform despair into hope. Only art can take the holler of a returning soldier and turn it into a shared expression and a deep collective experience. Music, like all art, gives pain and our most wrenching emotions voice, language, and form, so it can be recognized and shared. The magic of the high lonesome sound is the magic of all art, the ability to both capture our pain and deliver us, and deliver us from it at the same time. Um, I just really love this idea of the transformative power of art in sharing art mm. and the community aspect of it that you can create something and it's a little piece of you but it's also a little piece of all of us and yeah. something that each of us can recognize when we look at it um, and I just think that is so powerful. Mm. And so uniquely human, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so cool. I love that. Yeah, that's really awesome. I think also something that I've been thinking about today um, is, like, art, yeah, it connects us, and it, like, gives us an expression for our shared experience, but also, like, each person connects with each piece of art in a different way. Like, each person, they bring something out. It brings something out of it that, like, it doesn't for other people. So I think yeah. that's really cool that we can all sort of see the same thing and experience something like slightly different. Right. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. And it, it has this power to I don't, create such strong opinions also. Mm, yeah. Um, one thing that I love about art is it's not purely objective. It's so subjective. Yes. One person might passionately hate Jackson Pollock and another person might love Jackson Pollock and mm -hmm. and see his genius and his technique and his emotion and I think it creates these wonderfully interesting conversations um, and I just absolutely love that I yeah. love talking about art it's the greatest especially I, I mean it's fun to talk about your favorite artist with someone who also loves them but I love 
the different perspectives that mm-hmm. it brings out in people. Um, I just think that is so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's really the best. Talking about art is my favorite thing. I could do it all day. Yeah. But it's, some people don't want to have this conversation, which is part of the reason for this radio show. Yes. yes. Which is why some people have already turned this off, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Art is really, it's really awesome. Yeah. But, um, and yeah, I think also it gives us like, I love learning about art because of like the window you get to see into the artist's. And, like, mm-hmm. seeing people's stories through their art, I think, is so interesting. Yes. And there's so many, like, um, artists where you can kind of, like, see the kind of art they were making and then the course of their life. I didn't, I had never known this about Picasso, but he has, like, these really distinct periods in his life where he painted with very different color schemes. And oh. they're, like, called something different. One is called the rose period I think one's called the blue period um and then I don't then he gets into like cubism I don't know all the periods <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> but you can like and you can see like the blue period I can't remember what brought it on but like something I think his friend either died or killed himself he died his friend died mm-hmm. and and it um he goes into the blue period and then eventually like you can see and transition out of it and like paint with totally different colors i don't know i think that's so cool to like see somebody's life story through their art a little bit yeah absolutely that's really cool yeah yeah Hmm. well um do you have any other reasons you'd like to share or should we move on to our favorite pieces let's move on to our favorite pieces okay well, uh, do you want to go first, or shall I? Um, I can go first. Okay. Go for it. Okay. So, yes. The next thing we want to talk about is our favorite paintings of all time. It feels weird to say favorite of all time, because who knows yeah. what will happen. This might but change by next week. Yeah, true. This one has, has stuck with me for a while. Yeah, so. same here with this one. Yeah. I think for the last, like, two years. Um, okay, so my favorite painting is called... The Monk by the Sea by Caspar David Friedrich. I hope I'm saying his name right. Um, okay, to briefly describe, you should look it up if you've never heard of it. But Yes, um, definitely look this up. Unless you're driving a car, please don't look this up yes, right now. Correct. Look it up later. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's, uh, it's a seascape, and um, it's like a very dark sea, and you can see that it's like a little bit stormy out because you can see like the white caps on the waves. Um, and then there's like a dark horizon and then like a lighter section of clouds where, I don't know, I kind of think maybe the sun is back there, but it's like hidden. Um, so it's kind of like a, it's like you can kind of see a storm a little ways off on the ocean. And then um, there's a shore. Okay, I don't know if it's snow or grass and sand. I think it's sand because he painted a lot the North Sea in Germany, which um, is like very, it's very much like sandy, marshy. Yeah, type of place. yeah, it looks sandy, but it could, it could be dirty snow. You never know. You never <laughs> it know. It could be dirty snow. Um, anyways, and then there's like a tiny, tiny figure um, standing in uh, the foreground that you can like barely, you can tell there's a person there, but 
there's no distinguishing features of this person. Um, so it kind of has a little bit of an eerie feeling to it. Um, so to give a little bit of background, Caspar David Frederick, he um, is a German painter. He, I think, was born er, sometime in the 1700s, and then he died like around 1840-ish. So um, he's a 19th century painter from like the Romantic era of painting. Um, basically, there was like a general, I don't know if like a dissatisfaction with, um, I don't know, like just the material like world sounds mm. kind of similar to today actually yeah and like yeah. people were really interested in getting back to like the spiritual world right um and so this is reflected in a lot of painting and um you can see a lot in his paintings really what he uh is trying to do is like show us um like divine creation above mm. human civilization mm. um i love his paintings because a lot of them like it's definitely dominated by like landscapes but you always kind of like see he paints figures but you're never seeing the person you're just seeing them reflect on nature it's very much like mm. it allows you to like put yourself in their position. And I think that's super true of this painting. Like, yeah, when I look at this painting, what I think of what I feel is like the feeling that I get when I'm standing by the ocean and like looking out and it has that ability to like somehow the fact that he included the guy in there, <laughs> the little monk, <laughs> <he's> so tiny. <laughs> it like allows you to like put yourself into his position yes better than if it was just i think a landscape somehow right because it's right. like showing you human humans in the landscape i don't know if that makes sense but yeah that's what i really love about his painting is that he's showing people like showing people reflect on nature like i don't think i've ever seen one of his paintings that shows a face i could be wrong but there's not very many um uh, so he was very like into just infusing landscape paintings that before were just kind of, I mean, obviously an important part of art, but right. he really liked to infuse them with like significance and spirituality. Mm -hmm. Um, and he was really like trying to show through his paintings, um, like the infinite, like how big creation is. And, um, how big God is. And what I love about his paintings is some of them are like very overtly spiritual. Some of them have like, I think especially some of his earlier paintings have a lot of like crosses in them. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of them are just landscapes, but you can somehow still feel like they're very spiritual. Yeah. Um, and I showed this painting to uh, our friend Nina before I came here. Uh -huh. And it was really interesting. She was like, immediately she was like, it's very spiritual, but I didn't, explained her all the like background about um casper david frederick so i don't know i think it's 
it's kind of cool how he's able to do that so well, like capture spirituality. But he's really just painting a landscape, but it's you can just feel, I don't know, that he's painting something very deeply spiritual to him. Um, yeah, yeah. That's so interesting. I really love that concept of the sublime, which pops up in a lot of art forms, as we briefly talked about earlier. Um, it pops up in literature and mm -hmm. a lot of poetry, like mm. Tintern Abbey, if anyone is familiar with that. Um, and any sort of nature writings, yeah. um, that pops up a lot. Oh, true. Um, there's also a painting of Tintern Abbey by um, Joseph something something Turner. Um, I don't remember. He's got two <laughs> middle names, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Joseph Turner. Um, that sort of evokes this idea of the sublime as well. And, man, I just think it's it's so interesting and so humbling in a way. That's, that's how I always feel when I look at paintings like these. Yeah. And that was my impression of this painting yeah. is... There's this faceless person, and I love your observation of being able to put yourself in the place of this monk because yeah. mm -hmm. of his lack of features, because he's so small and so distant. Um, I don't know. That's just that's the feeling I get when I go hiking or yeah. when mm -hmm. I look up at the stars at night. You just feel so incredibly small and humble. But not in a bad way. It's yeah, just this exactly. incredible, sublime feeling mm -hmm. of, wow, I'm just this tiny, tiny part of this world and this universe. And everything around me is so big and so sublime. And I just think that is such an incredible feeling and so difficult to capture. And I yes. think it's captured so well in yeah, this painting. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love it. He just, he he captures exactly like you were saying, a, like a human experience that we all have of like feeling just so small in compared comparison to like the world around us and just being in awe. I kind of feel like that's a yeah. little bit what this painting captures is like awe. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just love it. And it's so simple. Like it's very monochromatic. It's pretty much just like, blue and gray there's not a lot of there's like very little color um but he just you can just feel that you're there i don't know you can just feel that you're yeah. by the sea looking out at it and um just yeah it's so interesting um so when i was showing this to mina she said some really interesting things that i wanted to share because i thought they were so just uh yeah she like this was her first reaction that it was hopeful but also existential and scary which i mm -hmm. think is very yeah true yeah. um yeah because you just get the sense of like wow nature and god is so powerful and i'm just a tiny little tiny little guy yeah um and uh the other thing she said that was really interesting her initial reaction to this painting was kind of negative she was like this is a very sad painting mm -hmm. and um, for me, I love this painting. Like, and it honestly makes me feel, I don't know if happy is the right word, but just like, 
I think like, I don't know. It does not make me feel sad. I will say that. So that was very surprising that that was her first reaction. But she said, um, maybe the reason that for you, this is a really, you have a really positive experience of this painting. I'm paraphrasing what she said. Uh, and the I have a negative one is because you're an introvert and I'm an extrovert. Huh. Yeah. Which I thought was really interesting. I never thought about that. But like for me, the times when I feel most like myself are when I'm like, hiking alone and I'm just Mm -hmm. it's just me and there's no one else around and it's just me and God and I'm just like by myself um so like this painting is kind of a picture of like where I want to be every day just like by (laughs) myself around I mean not really because I love people but yeah yeah for me that's like oh that's the life-giving part of my life yeah it makes me feel a little bit at home almost yeah yes exactly because it's this deserted place nature is very big there's this storm coming but Mm -hmm. there's there is that that piece of hope to it that Mm -hmm. Mina pointed out but yeah Yeah, that's really interesting interesting. you're an introvert too so yeah you're getting like (laughs) the same a painting for introverts (laughs) (laughs) so if you're an introvert listening to this this is a painting we'll have to find (laughs) we'll have to have an extrovert on the show and see what their paintings because the painting that you're going to talk about also is very um yes not a lot of people yes but actually um, no people there is not a person in sight oh interesting in sight okay this painting we're not there yet but this painting does make me feel like i'm sitting next to a friend oh i love that so that's super cool yeah 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 um i think another reason i like this painting is because i've been able to see it two times which is not I've never had that experience with any other art where I've like seen it once and then gone back and seen it again yeah um because like we said difficult to do when you live in Fairbanks exactly Um, exactly but I yeah I was able to visit this painting twice it's in Germany and it's equally as awesome in person more awesome yeah but yeah still um yeah I also love, so Casper David Frederick, he also does a lot of, um, it's like, I almost feel like with his paintings, he's trying to convey, like, even if everything in our lives, like, crumbles, God is still, like, remains. He has all these interesting paintings where there's, like, crumbling cathedrals, um, that are super, these are, like, my favorites also. And then, like, the places where the columns of the cathedrals would have been, there's, like, these trees. Um, there's one... I really need... I'm going to look up this this painting of Tintern Abbey to show Linnea real quick. If you're listening, also look this one up. Um, because these themes of the sublime are, are uh, very interesting. Mm. And they carry across multiple, multiple artists. Uh, here it is. So oh. it's, it's sort of Tintern Abbey. Yeah. After a long time, parts of it are crumbling and nature is sort of growing all over it and sort of reclaiming this area. Mm. Um, yeah, that's, that's Ooh, really interesting. That. Interesting that there's also people in this one. Mm-hmm. But they're very small. They're very small and you yep, can't the see people, their features. The yeah. people are always very small. Yeah. Yeah. Super interesting. It's, it's this magnification of nature and minimization of, of humanity. Of, like, humanity. Yeah. yeah. Super, super interesting. Yeah. Um, 
I he also does a lot of paintings of shipwrecks, which I love. I think because oh. my dream is to find a shipwreck with treasure in it. I mean, who doesn't have that? <laughs> um, and he paints a lot of the North Sea, which is where one of my favorite novels of all time, The Riddle of the Sands, takes place. Oh. If you haven't read that. Okay. If you need a good sailing adventure story, that's, which we all that's need, the that's the one. Yeah. So I think that's another reason I love it is because it like reminds me of my favorite one story. One of your favorite yeah, places. I love yeah. it. Love it. That's um, cool. Also, I just really miss the ocean, Lucy. Uh, <laughs> me too. <laughs> I honestly oh, think about that every day. Yeah. Yeah. I've been thinking about that more and more, especially as spring approaches. I just want to go to the beach and stick my feet in the waves. Yeah. But I live in Fairbanks, so Tan and our lakes will have to do oh, for now. Sad. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, that's the one thing. If Fairbanks could have an ocean somehow. Yes. You know what I want Fairbanks to have? I want Fairbanks to have tide pools. I love tide yes. pools. Yes. Yes. I would just tide pool all day long. I don't I don't know how I would make money, but I would find a lot of sea creatures. You could just take pictures of the tide pools. You're right. Or I could become an artist. I don't yeah, think that's going to happen tide for pools. me. But. I've never heard of an artist painting tide pools. I'm sure they're out there, but like... But I could be a tide pool exclusive artist. Yeah, I think yeah. that you could yeah. do that. Paint the sublime in tide pools. Yes. I don't know how you do that. It's a little world in to, there. Yeah, that's true. That's true. My it favorite really is. thing, maybe this is bad, but I just like to find the sea anemones and poke every single one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I can't oh, help goodness. it. <laughs> They're so fun to poke. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, yep. I think that was all I wanted to say about him, but he's awesome. He also did a really cool painting called Easter Morning that everyone should look up. Um, yeah. Yeah. He was yeah. really cool. He I was... agree. Oh, also look up his self-portraits because no one has a wilder beard than this man. <laughs> it's like, it's like a reverse soul patch. Like, because a soul patch is where there's just hair on your chin, right? Yeah. But it's like... Everything except... Everything except this Ooh. area of the chin. I don't know how I feel about that, <laughs> and Linnea. It's, <laughs> it's not, like, subtle at all. Look wow. it up. Okay, okay. Good to know. Anyways, to know. tell us about your favorite piece of art, Lucy. All right, all right. Well, if anyone knows me, they know that I love Van Gogh. Um, unashamedly, unabashedly, I love Van Gogh. And for a long time, it was very difficult to choose a favorite painting because he's got a lot of paintings, and I love a lot of them. Mm. But uh, one day, well, not one day, a couple of years ago, I was given a absolutely gigantic book of all of his art for my birthday, and I was flipping through it, and I just came across this painting called Enclosed Field with Rising Sun. Uh, he painted it in 1889 and it's just absolutely magnificent. Mm -hmm. If you haven't seen it, please look it up. It's not one of his most popular paintings, but it is so beautiful, so hopeful. 
It's got incredible colors, um, a golden sky. Um, if I were to describe it, there is a little strip of sky in the back with a rising sun and it's sort of billowing out in waves of yellows and browns and golds. And then in front of that are some hills that are slowly waking up with the sunrise. In front of that is just one little house on the edge of the village and there's not a person in sight. But then most of the painting is just this beautiful field um, enclosed by a brick wall and the grass just looks like it's gently waving mm. in the morning and little flecks of golden sunlight are just hitting it in patches as it comes toward you and every time I look at this painting I just feel like the brick wall is wrapping all the way around even where you can't see it and you're just sitting at the edge of the wall mm. and your feet are dangling down you probably have a good friend next to you it's one of those mornings where you just feel awake and inspired mm. for no reason so you get up to go see the sunrise and you don't say anything it's just perfectly peaceful Everyone is slowly waking up, but they haven't left their houses yet. And so you get this gorgeous sunrise all to yourself. And like I said earlier, it just makes me feel like I'm, I'm sitting on that wall next to a friend. And there's so much that is new and so much that is hopeful and joyful. And I just love it. I love that Van Gogh lived so long ago and just through a little bit of paint on a canvas he was able to make me feel that way mm. way in the future he didn't yeah. even know i was gonna exist and he's he's able to make me feel that way um and i i think that's what i love about van gogh and what so many people love about van gogh is he had a pretty rough life mm. um didn't have a lot of great friends, didn't have very many successes. A lot of people say he only sold a few of his paintings in his life, but he loved it too much to quit. Um, he loved it so much that he devoted his entire life to it. Mm -hmm. And he took all of that pain and that uncertainty and that torment and he was able to turn it in, into the most incredible, beautiful paintings uh, that were so hopeful and so full of light and love and joy um, and just belonging and hope. Um, and I just, yeah, that's just so incredible mm, to me. Yeah. And it never fails to inspire me and to remember, I don't know, just to remember to look around and and see the beauty in the world even when I'm going through a difficult time um, or when I'm having a really good time. It, it reminds me to look around and, and to take note of the good things in my life and um, 
Yeah, I mean, I guess that's another reason why I just love art in general mm. is it helps me look at the world with fresh eyes yeah. um, and to remind myself of what's important. Yeah, yeah, I I just really love this painting. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That's the other reason. Yeah, this is why I love talking about art because I obviously, it's a beautiful painting and I saw it and I was like, oh. That's a pretty dope painting. Mm -hmm. But, like, I didn't have the same emotional reaction. And when you were, like, talking about it and describing it, I could totally feel what you were saying. And I, okay, this is weird, but I feel like I could smell the yes. morning. Yes. yes. Just, like, looking at the painting and listening to you describe your reaction to it. Yeah. It, yeah. Now I see exactly, yeah, like, now I feel it and I see it in a new way. So, that's super cool. Yeah. It's so beautiful. He's just so good at, like, painting light in a way that you can kind of feel how warm the sun is. Yes. Like, yes. you can feel that, oh, that great feeling when, like, you finally feel sunlight. Yeah. Not that yeah. we felt that in many months. <laughs> but we can through art. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So cool. And I, oh, man. I could talk about his technique for days as well. I think his technique is incredible. Mm. I love the layering and the texture of his oil paints. I love the colors that he puts together. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Just I'm obsessed with the sky. Yes, that's my favorite part of this painting, is the sky. And if you look at it closely, there's the sun in the very middle, and then it fans out in these bright yellow waves, but then the farther out it gets, the more colors are introduced and they're mm. also going in a different pattern. Um, they're going sort of vertically around, more inward towards the sun, and then towards the left, they're going horizontally, which mm. I just think is really cool. I think it's interesting that he chose to change the direction that yeah. the light was going, mm. but it works. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I just think it's so cool. So There's cool. even uh, little bits of teal and yeah. sort of a rust color. I, yeah. I, it's like I love it. you wouldn't think to paint those colors in the sky. Like, if, if I was painting a sky, I wouldn't paint it these colors. Yeah. But I can totally picture what that sunrise would look like. Like, yes. Those are definitely sunrise yes. colors. But somehow it's like, yeah, it's so cool. It's so yeah. good. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. And I love the way he paints movement. Mm-hmm. Um, like, his paintings, even his landscapes, I think that's why people love him so much is because, well, there's a lot of reasons people love him, but <laughs> his landscapes are, like, so active. It's like yes. you are participating in the painting more because you can feel the movement. Yeah. You're not just yeah. looking at a picture of... Exactly. You can see the sunlight slowly moving toward you across mm -hmm. the field. You can see it brightening up the hills in the mm. distance. You can see the trees swaying. Yeah. What I love about this painting is I can just feel the grass like rustling yes. back and forth beneath like my bare feet. Uh, yeah. There's just so much animation and life in this painting. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I really want to sit in a grass field now. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. Yeah. Uh. Wow, yeah. it's beautiful. You guys at home, definitely look up this painting. Look at it a little bit. 
and then close your eyes and see if you can feel it. Mm. I bet you can. I bet mm. you can. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's so cool. Why do you think he included just the one little house? I don't know. That's a good question. Maybe he was painting what he was seeing, and that's what he saw. Yeah. That, that would be my first guess, but I also got the sense that he had... I don't know. When I look at this painting, I feel like this is sort of at the edge of town, so maybe there's like one or yeah. two houses over here, but it's mostly fields of different things that people are growing or property that people own that maybe doesn't have a house on it and he's just kind of gone for a morning walk yeah like away from his house away from people to just kind of be alone and paint um so maybe he's just sort of conveying that bit of solitude that mm. he was looking for i don't know i don't know that's a good question i think van gogh was somebody who like was in a lot of ways he seemed like somebody who was kind of isolated from mm -hmm. other people, but he also, like, loved people and, um, like, wanted connection. And yes. so I don't think... It's hard for me to picture Van Gogh painting a scene without any connection so that you know, you know, he's not out right. in the middle of nowhere there, where there's no people. There's, right. like, a little... right. Also, I never know how much I'm taking from, like, what I know about Van Gogh the man and what I know about Van Gogh from that one Doctor Who episode. Oh, my gosh. I was going to bring that up. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, it is just a representation of him, but if you want to have a good cry, just watch the last scene of that episode or the scene Aww. where they go to the museum. Gets me every time. Wait, wait, wait. Does he go to the museum with them? Yes. Okay. It's been yes. a long time since I've watched Doctor yes. Who, but... It's a great scene. Yeah. It's a great scene. I don't know how accurate it is. Well, but, but <laughs> that part, probably not. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. yeah, it's good stuff. What's yeah. it called again? It's called Enclosed Field, Field with Rising Sun. It's kind of a generic name because it's just describing what it is, but... That's what it's called. I feel yeah. like it would be really hard to decide on names for paintings. Yeah. Because uh, okay, you, you would be so afraid of, like, sounding pretentious. And Van Gogh just had so many paintings. Mm. Like, uh, I don't even know how many pages this book is. Let me look. I will look how many pages this book is. Um, just a moment. It's almost 700 pages. Oh, my and gosh. There's, there's like, a lot of a pages, lot of pages with, with multiple multiples. paintings on yeah. them. So I think after a while, it's just not <laughs> realistic to give. And we probably don't have name. all of his paintings like still around. Right, and he may not have even named some of these. These might be names that they were given after the mm. fact, just based on what they oh, looked like. Wow. Yeah, open to fritillaries. Uh, fritillaries. I didn't know that was a kind of flower. Fritillaries in a copper vase. So cool. That one's cool. Okay, I'm gonna close it before we <laughs> get go on a so go distracted. Uh. Well, yeah, but I think that's why I wanted to make this show is because conversations about art are just the best. Yeah, yeah, and there are 
so many things to talk about. So I mean, many things. We just spent an hour talking about why we love art and only two paintings. Yeah. So, and there are so many paintings. Yeah. I'm to get through. I'm very excited to dive into other artists and yeah. different types of art and different topics about art. Yeah. And I think a big thing that we want to talk about on this show is like art literacy and understanding mm -hmm. art more generally, not just like individual artists and stuff but also like what is art and why is some art more important to us than others yeah. why is some art super famous right um, right art also we want to talk about art that we don't understand because there's a lot <laughs> there's a lot of I it. would say honestly there's probably as much art that I'm like I don't get it as art that I'm like this is cool yes there's it's yes. equal parts agreed yeah agreed. for sure I, I feel like there's almost a third get category, too, for me. There's, like, art that I don't like mm. and I don't get. There's art that I love and I do get. And then there's art that's kind of in between. Mm -hmm. And I sort of appreciate why it's important, but I don't really like it or get it. Does that make sense? Yes. Like, like you get where it fits in the story of art. And, like, yes. why people... Yeah, there's so a like, lot of art like that for me, for yeah. sure. Yeah, so uh, take the movie Citizen Kane, for example. I understand why it's so famous and why it is important in the world of film. I understand there are a lot of new techniques that they came up with that influenced later movies, and it's important. If you like film, you should probably mm. watch it once and try to understand why it's so important. But would I just pick it up to watch it any night of the week? Probably no, not. Yeah. It's not my favorite movie, but I understand why it's important. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of artists out there that are like that for me. Yeah, so, super true, yeah. super true, there's a lot. Yeah. And I think in like a lot of art, we get so saturated with like images of it, like Starry Night or The Great Wave. Yes. That we forget like, oh, this was really important to art history. We just see yes. it on people's wall tapestries. You're like, oh, hey, <laughs> you know what Starry Night is. <laughs> no, yeah. but it's it's true. I mean, Starry Night, oversaturated as it is, is a very important painting yeah. in art history yeah. for many reasons. So... I'm excited to talk about some of those reasons, too. Yeah, yeah, super excited to have all these conversations with you, Lucy. Yes. So I don't have to... Don't just think about it in my head. Yes, or <laughs> talk to people who don't care. Yes, also that. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh. Gosh. Good stuff. All right, so thanks for tuning in this week for our first show. It was super fun, and uh, hopefully you guys will listen in next week where we talk about what art is. What is art? It's the big question. It is. Thanks for listening. Bye.